0: High Desert Word Center. Good morning, everybody. How we doing on a beautiful springtime Sunday morning? Praise the Lord. Well, we are going to have an awesome, awesome time today. Uh, we ask you if you're in the uh, getting your coffee and stuff. Go ahead and start making your way up here with us. Uh, today we are honoring our high school graduates, and so we're super excited about this them. We have 11 of our seniors graduating this year. 11, and that's the most we've ever had, so we're going to honor them. Not all of them are here today. Some actually have jobs and stuff now. They're working and whatnot, but uh, we're going to... Pray for and bless the ones that are here, and uh, we are super excited about this. But let's go ahead and stand up together today. We are going to open up as we always do by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America because we are standing in faith and believing that America is coming to Jesus. Can I get an amen on that today? Amen. All right, let's say this together. Father... and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord some praise together today. All right. Well, you know what we're going to do. We're going to take a few minutes here to go around and do a little meet and greet time to pass out some handshakes, some hugs, some fist bumps, whatever you're comfortable with. But praise God, let's go ahead and make sure everybody gets a little love today. Let's go.
1: Oh, there she is. Okay, so today is a twin birthday. So I just, I have to share it because it's a twin birthday. So Leah and James, if you could wave Leah and James. Wave James. James Browning. Okay, they're twins and today is their birthday. Praise the Lord. In in the way of other birthdays, Long 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 lost twins. They found each other. Um, in the way of other birthdays, I'm going to say it real quiet. Okay. Wednesday is Robert Valdez's birthday. Just so you know, harassment is fair game. Okay. Just so you know. Okay. Praise the Lord. Well, that's that announcement for today. We have some amazing graduates with us and we have some awesome things going on this month. So pastor Dave is going to share with us about that.
0: Right, praise God. All right. Well, let's catch up on a few announcements real quick, and then we're going to honor our graduates. All right. So let's throw those on the screen mainly here. Uh, first of all, this coming Sunday, we have Ray and Janine Bench joining us from Michigan. Yeah. So uh, Ray, uh, he uh, he helped run Doctor Barclay's ministry for years and years. He was the main manager of things, and his son is a uh, Doctor Barclay's pilot, and uh, they're just an awesome, awesome couple. And uh, Ray's going to be preaching Sunday morning and Sunday night of next week, and uh, we are really excited to hear some of what God's done for him. I mean, he he travels the world. He's he just was in Africa a little while back and got to do some really cool things. Um, but then Saturday, okay, the previous day, Janine is going to be speaking to all the young wives and moms okay and so if you are a mom of young kids or just maybe you're a young wife and don't have any kids yet that's cool come on over it's going to be at our house saturday at 11 a.m and she is just a wonderful woman of god so much awesome things that she can pour into your life and it also be a good time of fellowship because hey sometimes you moms you got those little kids and you just need a break for a few minutes am i right on that Girls, I thought you had my back. All right. I just, I threw that out there. All right. Anyway, so uh, that's going to be Saturday at 11 a.m. And then right after that, okay, next Monday, the 23rd, is the Lyft Family Picnic at the Park. Yes. And so we're going to be at the H Street Park at 6.30. And uh, Lawrence and Leah are going to be uh, in charge of that, but bring some food out for your family, maybe a little bit to share. We're going to just have a great time hanging out, playing some games, eating some dinner, and uh, just being together, all right? So take advantage of that opportunity. And then here comes a big one for the youth group. On the first Sunday of June, June 5th, they're going to be doing their annual cake auction, all right? Yes. Now, of course, it's, we say cake, but any dessert goes, all right? So as long as it's a good dessert, but uh, what we do is we bring it in, and after the service, we auction them off. We have a really fun time with it. It gets pretty fun, but at the same time, it goes a long way to send the kids on their summer trip, all right? And so do we know where they're going yet, or have you not said? Okay, all right, very good. So anyway, uh, but they're going on a trip this summer, and uh, this will help send them on the trip, okay? And the last thing, uh, well... Robert says there is softball practice today, all right? So if you're on the softball team... Or you want to be on the softball team. If you've ever heard of softball, if you can spell softball, we need you, okay? So anyway, <laughs> so see Robert, uh, and uh, that'll be after this afternoon, I think, at the high school, all right? And then right after service, Mrs. Pastor, uh, it, uh, she's going to talk to us for a few minutes after the service is over about the upcoming June primary elections, all right? She's got some good information uh, on Christian candidates and things like that, and so she's going to share that with us right after the service. And uh, and that will kind of help you to be informed on your decisions here in a few weeks when that comes up. All right? Very good. Very good. All right. Well, that's all the announcements for now. What we're going to do at this point is bring up our high school graduates. All right? So, amen.
1: And your families. So, if you are a graduate and you have your family with you, if you could come up and stand with us, that would be great. Yes, family, come up with them. Good morning, good morning. You can go on either side of us or we'll spread out. Oh, you guys look so wonderful. We love you people. I'm going to read to you a couple verses because (laughs) a few of you have been dedicated in this church and you are what we would call a product of the house. And as a church family, what's important to us is that we are a spiritual distribution center and what we've poured into you, we get the joy and the honor of now sending out into the world. So we're very excited about that and we're very proud of you. And I can stand here in front of each of you and tell our church family very proudly that each of you know and serve the Lord. So that is a really, really big deal to each of us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So the first verse I want to read you is Psalm 37, 23 and 24. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall. For the Lord holds them by the hand. I need you to know that as you graduate and as you go into life and adulthood, and as you're even living adulthood now, that the Lord is with you every step of the way. And he'll direct your steps so long as you'll listen. Right? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Okay. And many of you are going off to college and choosing... What direction to take your life And in Proverbs 9 verse 10 It says fear of the Lord Is the foundation of wisdom Knowledge of the Holy One Results in good judgment So your good decision making Will be from The knowledge of Jesus Make sure you hold tight to that Also in Proverbs 1 It says nearly the same thing, but I'm going to read it to you also. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. And that's what we've been talking about for quite some time in youth. Truth isn't for the individual. Truth is Jesus and his word. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. Remember the correction you've received in your life. Remember the direction that you've received from teachers, from family, from church, and hold tight to that. We have a Bible for each of you today, and we're going to pray over each of you. And inside that Bible, we've written to you from our heart. So I want you to read that and to take time to look inside there, okay? Leaving it dusty isn't worth it, okay? And if you have a Bible that you read all the time and you've highlighted in. This isn't necessarily to replace it, but I want you to use it, make use of it. In addition to that, oddly enough, these Bibles have what's called a filament. This filament allows you to have a thin Bible, but still electronically access all the study tools and devotionals and all of that. So you just scan your cute little QR code and make use of all the additional information. I want you to be well-founded in God's word, and I want you to use it all the days of your life.
0: Amen. Well, we're going to pray over um, all of the graduates here this morning. Can we stand up together today and just kind of as a show of faith together and release our faith over them? And, uh, I mean, this is an exciting moment. I know they're graduating another week or two, so uh, this isn't, they aren't officially graduated yet, but uh, we're super proud of these guys. And we know that in this day and age, it's not always easy uh, to stand for righteousness, but we are uh, grateful uh, for the young men and women that we've got in this church. Amen. And so it's absolutely awesome, right? So we'll go ahead and we're just going to pray over each of the graduates and give them their Bible. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's pray over Olivia here this morning. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for Olivia, God, and just the the godly young woman that she's become, Lord, and we know that we've known her since she was a little bit littler, Lord, and, and she's just been such a blessing to us. Thank you, Father, that she's going to serve you all the days of her life, Lord. You're giving her the direction and the wisdom and the vision that she needs for her future, God, and we thank you that it is a bright future in the name of Jesus, success over her life in the name of Jesus. We thank you for that, Father, and Lord, we lay hands on Xavier this morning, God, and we thank you for the godly young man that he is, Lord, and the influence that he has over so many of his peers. God, I pray for your uh, wisdom and your protection over his life, God, and for you to give him the vision for what it is that you've called him to do, Lord, and we know that he's going to serve you all the days of his life. His future is bright and successful and prosperous, and everything that he does, Lord, everything he sets his hand to shall prosper in the name of Jesus. We thank you for that, God. In the name of Jesus... Amen. And Father, we lay hands on David this morning, God. And we thank you, Lord, for uh, just that, that he's made it a priority to be here, Lord, in youth group and, and to hear your word. And God, we know that you have incredible plans for his life, God, things that he can't even begin to imagine right now. And so we say in the name of Jesus that as he steps into his future here, Lord, that you are absolutely lighting up the path in front of him, showing him the way to go. And we know that he'll be successful in everything that he does, Lord, as he follows you. Thank you for your blessing upon his life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, thank you, Lord, for my man, Isaiah. God, we've seen this guy grow up since he was just a little fella. But, Lord, this is a wonderful uh, time that we get to be a part of his life. And God, as he's ready to move into the next step of his future, Lord, we thank you that it is bright, Lord, and that your hand is upon his life in the name of Jesus, that he's not turning to the left nor to the right, but he's sticking right down the middle of the road with you. And Lord, he is blessed. He is prosperous. Everything he does, everything he sets his hand to will succeed as he does it in you, Lord. Then I thank you, Jesus, uh, for your absolute success and victory and blessing upon his life all the days of his life in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it, Father. Nathan, Lord, I thank you for Nathan, God, and that you have big plans for his life, Lord. You love this guy. And Lord, I know that the best is absolutely yet to come. And we thank you, Jesus, that everything he does in this life, if he's doing it for you, Lord, it's going to succeed. Give him wisdom, give him knowledge, give him understanding all the days of his life, Lord. And I thank you, Jesus, that you are lighting up the path in front of him, Father. He is blessed. Blessed, blessed and successful in the name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you for Lily. God, we've got to see this girl grow up since she was a little toddler, Lord. And it's incredible to see her be a young woman of God. And Lord, I pray for your blessing upon her life. Lord, may you absolutely lead her and guide her. Let her listen to your voice. I thank you that she's got wisdom. She's got knowledge. She's got understanding because she fears the Lord. And she's going to be a success in everything that she does, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, that you are leading her and blessing everything she sets her hand to in the name of Jesus. We praise you for it, Father. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you for your blessing, Lord. And Father, we lay hands on Sarah this morning, and we thank you, Jesus, that your blessing is on her life, Lord. Light up the path in front of her, Lord. Show her which way to go. And we thank you, Jesus, that you have plans for her life, God. You said in Jeremiah 29, I know the plans I have for you. They're plans for good, not for evil, to give you a hope and a future. And I thank you, Jesus, that you are leading her and guiding her and everything that she does, everything she sets her hand to, is blessed as she follows you thank you lord that the best is yet to come in jesus mighty name Thank you, Father, for the blessing of God. And Lord, we lay hands on Rayliana, Lord, another one that we've seen since she was just a little toddler, Lord. But she's grown up in your house and in your way. And we thank you, Jesus, that your hand is upon her life, Lord. And we know that you said your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And so as she puts your word first, God, you're lighting up the path in front of her. Everywhere she goes, everything she sets her hand to is blessed in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your wisdom, knowledge, and understanding all over her life and complete and total success and victory everywhere she goes in the name of Jesus We thank you for it, God. And we just, Lord, we thank you for all these families, Lord, that they're going to get to rejoice in the years ahead as they see these young men and women be successful and help change the world for Jesus. And we pronounce a blessing upon them today in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Lord, that they're healthy, they're prosperous, they are blessed everywhere they go, and they are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Thank you, Jesus for your blessing. In Jesus' name, can someone say amen today? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we love you guys, and we're proud of you. You can make your way to your, your seats now. I think there's too many of you to do a group picture, so we'll just, know yeah, we'll figure that out later. If you need a, a selfie with good old Pastor Dave, you know where to find me, all right? There's no takers. I'm, I'm shocked. Okay. Praise the Lord. Well, as they're making their way back to their seats, Who knows what time it is now? Yes, sir. It's happy time. And you're like, well, what's that all about? Well, the word tells us that God absolutely loves a cheerful giver. And so we decided, hey, we're going to be cheerful givers. Amen. If you need an envelope for your tithes and your offerings this morning, raise your hand and the ushers will get you one. And if you're given online, you can go to hdwc.org slash give We're going to open our Bible tonight to Leviticus, this morning, to Leviticus chapter 27, amen? Yeah, we looked at this scripture on uh, Wednesday night over the tithes, and I thought, hey, I like that so much we're going to do it again. I'll be in the new King James on this Leviticus chapter 27, and we're going to look here at verse 30. Praise the Lord. And uh, and we know that uh, as we tithe, right, uh, the, 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 the Scripture all the way from before the Old Testament law, all the way way into the New Testament, all the way as far as the book of Hebrews, it talks to us about giving God the tithe. And what is that? That's 10%. Of our income, and in the Old Testament here we're going to see uh, they didn't so much operate on a on a currency uh, economy back in this day, but they did operate on uh, on the farmers, you know, bringing the crops of their field or uh, their livestock, a tenth of all that. But I want you to see something here, Leviticus 27 and verse 30. It says, "And all the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, okay, that was their income. But in, in our day and age, I say all the tithe of the land whether of our you know our paycheck from uh, Fort Irwin or whatever it is that we're earning it says what is it it is the lord's it is what holy to the Lord. And we all are familiar with this word holy because it's probably right on the front of your Bible. And we've heard it and we say things like, man, he's a holy guy, or this is a holy place. And we say it, but we don't always know what it means. Well, what does holy mean? It means set apart. It means it's not like everything else. And so when God says the tithe of the land, it is holy. What does that mean? It means that percentage, that little bit of what we have, that's not like the rest of it. That is set apart for a different purpose and so if i've got a if i got ten dollars and i give god one that one is holy to him and he will bless the other nine dollars right as i as i use it for whatever i need to use it for i'll have the blessing of god upon it and so the tithe it's not just money we throw in a bucket no 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 it is a holy thing to the lord and as we open up our entire lives to him and say god i trust you with everything i even trust you with my money Watch what he can do as he pours out the blessing upon our lives. And, man, we've seen it time and time again when we trust the Lord, man, and give him access to everything in our lives. He can do more on that 90% than you could do with that 100% any day of the week. Can I get an amen today? All right. And today is also... Our missions Sunday. All right, so the third Sunday of every month, uh, we always take up an offering for all of our missionaries, and we support missionaries all over the world. This is very near and dear to our heart, and so we know we've got Indi- uh, we've got Brother Julius who comes and visits us over there in India and Nepal. We've got Dana and Liz who were here just a few weeks ago, and uh, and they're all over the world: Vietnam, Sri Lanka, the Philippines. They just go everywhere preaching the gospel. South America, Central America. America. And of course, we're helping them get their job done. And even locally, uh, we support some of the local uh, missions here in town. And uh, the one thing that we do as a church is we realize that, hey, we're out on the edge of town, right? We're out there on Soap Mine Road. We want to do our part to help you know, feed the poor and 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 help that segment of our society. But, you know, hey, where we're at, it's not real uh, uh practical for us to run like a, a food bank and, and where we're at. And so what we do with some of this missions offering every month is we support New Life Fellowship, another church here in town, because they're at the perfect location and they're doing a great job. And so you're like, I've never heard of one church giving a check to another church in the same town. Man, hey, we support them and they're doing a fantastic job over there. And so part of our missions offering every single month is we send it right over to New Life, and they help feed uh, feed the hungry here in Barstow and a lot of other good things. And so I'm encouraging you that as we give our missions offering today, realize that we're having a bigger impact than just right here in our little area. We're literally sending money all over the world to help these missionaries preach the gospel and give the hope of Jesus. Can I get an amen today? All right, let's stand up together. Praise God. We are going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings. And we just had one of our own church members come back from Israel, and uh, she's going to get embarrassed, but Cindy Groh right back there. Everyone knows Cindy. If you don't know Cindy, you ought to know Cindy. She's going to get mad at me, but she's one of the only saints that I've ever met, and so she's incredible, but yeah, there's nobody like Cindy Groh. So, yeah, all right. So praise God. Um, let's go ahead and speak some words of faith over our giving. And uh, we're, as we do that, we're going to get into praise and worship today. Who's ready to praise the Lord? Yeah. We came to give Him praise, and we're going to do that, all right? Let's say these words together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, Okay, let's worship the Lord together on today.
2: Second Corinthians chapter three says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And the veil has been removed off of our eyes. Amen. Step out of the shadows. Step out of the grave. Yes. Break into the wild and don't be afraid. Yes. Run into wide open spaces. Graces waiting for you. Dance like the weight has been lifted. Graces waiting. Where the Spirit of the Lord is. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is freedom. Come out, come out of the dark, just as you are, into the fullness of His love. Oh, the Spirit is here, let there be freedom. Where the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. Where the Spirit
3: of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. Come out, come out of the dark, just as you are. Into the fullness of His love, oh the Spirit
2: is here and there. All of the scars, yes. Come back to communion. Come back to the start. Run into wide open spaces. Graces waiting for you. Dance like the weight has been lifted. Graces
4: waiting.
2: Where well, the spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom,
3: there is freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is
2: to like the weight has been lifted Brace it
0: Who knows that he is the, a wonder working God? He is a miracle worker. Amen? Hallelujah. And it's, it's so awesome. I'm sitting here thinking about it as we're singing, man, all the stories and all the things that I've seen in my life that they just can't be explained. There's no other way to say it other than God did it, God made it happen. God brought the healing. God brought the restoration. Jesus, hallelujah. And so uh, as we sing those words, man, don't you ever lose sight of that, that he is a miracle worker. And if you're in a situation where it seems impossible, hey, our God, that's his specialty, is doing things that are impossible, right? amen and so you're in the right place at the right time and we are talking about the right god amen and so i believe that he's going to speak to us today hallelujah hallelujah well i'm going to go ahead and let you make your way to your seats this morning praise the lord we're having a great time of worship here together amen and uh, i'm just i'm enjoying the presence of the lord this morning well, praise God. There's a few things that I want to get into today, and I want to leave time for the word here, so I want to get right to it. But, uh, man, we've been, uh, right before Mother's Day, we had been talking for a couple of weeks about uh, the good fight of faith, talking about the good fight, and uh, and and so we all at this point, hopefully, you realize that in this life we are in a fight, man, and it's not just against uh people uh, because so many people are like, yeah, I'm in a fight, and 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 she's right there, or you know, he's sitting right over there. That's my fight. No, no, no. The scripture tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, or or what I would say spirits, right? The and 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 the devil he is the enemy people are not our enemy and the devil works through people sometimes uh people that are not submitted to jesus or uh, or people that are serving him absolutely uh, the devil work through them and try to bring trouble into your life and if you don't know how to fight the right way you'll be fighting people instead of really fighting the good fight of faith which is to defeat The enemy. And so one thing that we've clearly pointed out through Scripture over the last uh, couple of weeks is this, is that you, as a Christian, are fighting from a position of victory. You're not fighting for something that doesn't belong to you. If you're sick, you're not fighting for healing and you've got no right to it. Why are you even fighting? No. You are fighting from a position of victory because when Jesus defeated Satan, listen, it says we are seated in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. You're victorious. And it's not because you've got it all together. It's because Jesus has got it all together. Amen? And so, what I'm encouraging you today is this, is if you are in a fight of faith right now, don't for minute it, sit there thinking like yeah I'll never get it a man I, I don't deserve it a man and this a man and that you're not fighting to obtain something you're fighting to defend what Jesus already won and we've said it this way if you already got the championship belt over your shoulder right where's Blake at is my man Blake in the house today I, I thought I saw him all right this man He told us that he had never played fantasy football, so we enjoyed. We invited him into our league. Both years, he's won the title, and I was so mad at him. But you know what? To show our appreciation, we gave him a championship belt from the WWE. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. First of all, now I question his honesty because there's no way you can just sweep two years in a row. And then he's like, well, if it makes you guys feel any worse or any better, he's like, I the guys from work invited me to join their league, and I won it too. I'm like, three and zero. I've been trying for a decade, and I can't do nothing. But anyway, praise God for him. But Blake has the belt. He's already the champion. And so next year, listen, he's not fighting. He doesn't have a fight to become champion. He's fighting to defend what's already been won. And so you, as a Christian, you're not fighting to get something. You're not begging and scratching and clawing to, to finally become something. No, you are already victorious in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. It belongs to you because of what Jesus did. And so as we fight the good fight, you're defending what Jesus already won. You're not a nobody, you're not a loser, you're not a worm just trying to make your way by. No, you are victorious because of Jesus. And so our main uh thing for this whole series is first Timothy six, twelve. Can we flip there this morning? Yes. First Timothy chapter six and verse twelve. Man, I came to have a good time. Who's getting excited today? So 1 Timothy chapter 6, and we're going to look at verse 12 in the New King James here. But we're talking about fighting the good fight of faith. And the good fight is the fight that you win. Amen? And so we've said it, but I mean, I don't want to go in a 15-round fight and end up losing. And No, I want to win this thing. And so 1 Timothy chapter 6. And verse 12, we'll read it here in the New King James, but it says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession, and the presence of many witnesses. And so we've looked at some weapons for the fight over our first couple of messages on this. We've seen that absolutely the Word of God is y- your biggest weapon. Uh, in fact, uh, Ephesians 6 tells us that the, the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. And so you've got to get real familiar with your weapon. And we've talked about how your own words out of your mouth. Are, are a weapon that you use in the good fight of faith. And then the last time we looked at how praise is a weapon. We saw in the Old Testament how the armies of Judah defeated an allied force that came against them simply through praising God. Amen. And so we need all these things in our, in our arsenal. But uh, this week we're going to be talking about what seems like the most obvious one and I saved it for this week on purpose. We're talking this week about prayer. Prayer is powerful. Yep. Who thinks that prayer is powerful? Yeah, I mean, yeah hey, that's the obvious answer, and, uh, and I'm going to discuss this a little bit here. But even this morning, man, I, I was just thinking about this, and 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 I believe in the power of prayer when you believe and have faith. Right? It's one thing to just say, "Yeah, we're praying for you," but If you don't expect anything to happen, that's just what's gonna, you're gonna get. You're gonna get nothing. But when you have faith and you believe what you're praying, amen? When you actually trust God in this situation, you better hold on to your seat because you're gonna see some big things happening. And so earlier this week I went, uh, I went and prayed uh, at someone's house here from church. They had, uh, I, I didn't ask her permission to share this so I won't throw her name out there, but she had broken out in a very bad rash. And and her doctor's are like, we don't know if it's your medicine or what it is, but she, it was, I saw it, man. She she was, her entire body was just fire engine red from this rash and it wasn't going away. And so I came over and laid hands on her. She showed up this morning. Is was like, look at my arms. They are totally cleared up a hundred percent. And I'm like, woo, thank you, Jesus. I was talking to uh i'll throw this guy out there because he don't mind i was talking to raymond yesterday at this uh at this valve renewal and uh and he's a musician and he and 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 i love this story because six months ago by his own confession the man didn't even believe in god and so here we are today and he's come into church and he's no longer an atheist but he's a born-again christian serving jesus amen you can't keep him away, man. He loves the family of God. And so this is where you're gonna see some big things, right? Here's stories like this, but... He's talking about he's had just terrible pain in his, in his arm. I don't know if carpal tunnel or what, but he, he says he hasn't been able to play his guitar or his bass for more than 30 minutes for a long time. He came up and got prayer for healing and he said the other night he was sitting there instead of learning old worldly songs, he was learning praise and worship songs on his guitar. He said he looked at the clock and it was 10.30 or 11. He'd been playing for five solid hours and didn't even realize it. The pain was gone. And so I'm telling you, man, it works, but you got to believe God and trust him. And so, yes, prayer is an absolute weapon that we can use to fight the enemy. And I've been studying prayer all week long, and I came across an interesting thing. It's just, you know, different how different people pray. And I saw somebody had studied this out, but uh, how do pirates open their prayers? Our Father who art in heaven. (laughs) All right. No more jokes. All right. I will stop. Okay. Cletus, that was for you, my man. <laughs> All right. Praise God. All right. No more jokes, but let's get this. All right. So we're going to talk about prayer for a few minutes this morning. And uh, and I believe that the Lord's going to speak to you. And if you'll listen, you're going to get something. And, uh, and so let's just get into this before I get ahead of myself. Number one that I want to say about prayer is this. And you're not going to like this, but most Christians don't take prayer seriously. That ain't true. They all say it's important. Yeah, they all say it's important. I know that. I mean, I've, I've been around this for a little bit, and I am one. I am a Christian, but most Christians don't take prayer that seriously. Now, I believe that most of us do pray, at least on some level. There was a, a 2016 poll uh, taken by the Barna Research Group found that 55% of Americans say they pray every day. Women, 64% are more likely than men, 46%, to pray every day. And Americans ages 65 and older are far more likely to pray than adults under the age of 30. Uh, and so adults over 65, 65% of them say they pray every day. And those under 30, 41%, say that they pray every day. So I know this much. Most Americans, hopefully we're talking about Christians here, believe that prayer is important if i I could go to any christian anywhere and say do you believe in the power of prayer brother oh yes i do oh yeah and you know i I get anywhere they're all gonna say it but how often if you were to be honest do you actually pray well I, i pray for my food we say bedtime prayers with the kids and that's important you gotta do those things that's really good i pray when i really really need something if i'm in a real bind i'll just break down and pray right there Congratulations, that's, you know, I commend you on that. But if that is all that our prayer life consists of, it's no wonder we're not using this weapon to our advantage and getting better results than what I'm talking about. I used this, we had the National Day of Prayer, uh, last, a couple weeks ago, and I, I, I told this story, but it's the absolute truth. And, and I stand by this, and I have proven it time and time and time again. And and what we're saying is, most Christians all would say, yes, prayer is awesome, I value it, it's way up at the top, but our actions don't always back it up. And so, I'm going to tell this story, some of you heard it, but in 2009, uh, there was a, a, we had a, a big Christian uh, rock band tour coming through with four of the biggest Christian bands in the nation, in, in the world, it was incredible. And so, about three days before they, they were going to come through Barstow, I think they had, had some sort of southern california cancellation something happened they were like what we'll has come through and we, we just need a place to play and we'll give a discounted rate and all this stuff so they needed a place to play so uh our church was contacted and said you got a big building we could probably cram a lot of people in there so we cleared everything out every table every bookstore thing all the chairs and we're like let's just let people come in and so with three days notice we had a Approximately 2,000 people stuffed into this building from right here to the back door, shoulder to shoulder. Three days notice. That's incredible. That many people valued a Christian rock concert and it was great. I love music. It's awesome. But I was thinking, man, how many times have we advertised a prayer meeting for months and months and months? And I can't get no one to show up. It's incredible. And, but everybody would say, yes, we value prayer over Christian rock. Of course we do. Then why is it that we won't put action to it? I was listening to a message from Pastor Willie George out of Tulsa. His church has over 20,000 members. He said he's doing real good if out of 20,000 members, if he can get 100 people to come to a prayer meeting. He said he's shocked if he can get 100 people to show up. I'm like, Whoa. What's the deal with this? All of our words say, oh, it's important. Oh, yes, I believe in the power of prayer, man. But we need to take it seriously if we're going to start seeing some better results. Amen. Who would like to start getting some better results in your life? Amen. Come on. Let's look at Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. So let's see what Jesus decided. Because if there's anybody that had to really have a handle on prayer, I'm thinking it's the 12 disciples. These guys were with Jesus, right? All the time. For three and a half years, they were side by side with Jesus. Uh, I mean, they saw miracles. They saw Jesus praying. If anybody valued prayer and made it a top priority, I guarantee you, it was the 12 disciples. And so look at this. We're going to look here at Luke chapter 11. And uh, let's see here. We're going to get down here to verse 1. Luke chapter 11. In verse 1, it says, Once, we're in the NLT, Jesus was in a certain place praying. As he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And I'm like, that's very interesting. They came and they asked Jesus to, Lord, can you teach us to pray just like John taught his disciples? Now notice what they said there. They didn't, they knew how to pray. You know, the Lord had already shown them what we call the Lord's Prayer. I mean, He had given them a, a textbook example of a great way to pray. And, and He had, they had seen Jesus pray. They had heard Him talk about prayer. They knew how to pray. But they didn't say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. They said, Jesus, teach us to pray. I'm like, that hits me. Teach us to Pray. They were obviously great men of God, but they were not men of prayer just yet. And I'm going to say this, this is on your outline. Like most Christians, the disciples knew prayer was important. They just didn't have the desire to pray. <laughs> Flat out. They just didn't. Lord, can you teach us to pray? John taught his disciples. They knew how to pray. And most of us, we know how to pray. And I know sometimes people overcomplicate it and like, oh no, you worded that wrong. And no, you better say this just right. Listen, if you're giving your heart to Jesus, that's the first step, okay? We can work on fine-tuning things later, but it's not about praying and saying the perfect words. It's about talking to Jesus from where you're at, right? And so these guys, but they knew how to pray, but they're like, Lord, you need to teach us to pray, They knew it was important and they were good men, but they did not have the desire to pray. And I know that most Christians do not really have this burning desire in their hearts to be people of prayer. And so I ask you right now, hey, I'm not going to judge you. I'm asking you to judge yourself. How would you rate your own personal prayer life? Do you only pray when you want something? (laughs) Do you only pray for your food? That's a good thing to do. Do you maybe, do you pray for more than two, three minutes a day? And again, none of this is to make us feel bad. This is to help us start winning some fights because I want us to be victorious. But if we were to examine our own prayer life, yeah, I go to the Lord when I need something. Okay. What about when your family, your friends, your church, somebody else needs something? You only think about yourself when it comes to prayer? How about sometimes we can just approach God with thankfulness and say, Lord, I'm not even asking for anything today. I just want to tell you, I love you. Thank you for what you've already done. There's a time for that too. It's not always about just asking for everything you want, but prayer, it's got to be a first resort, not a last resort we tell a silly old story about two old fellas that they found themselves in some trouble and they tried everything they could to get out of the situation and and finally one guy looks the other and says maybe we ought to pray and the other guy says has it come to that (gasps) oh no we've got everything we know to do maybe we ought to give god a shot at it maybe we should have given god a shot at it before we tried everything that we know to do amen He's not a last resort. He's our first resort. If we're Christians, I mean, if you're not a Christian, then, you know, do whatever you're going to do. But for the people of God, we go to Jesus before we go to anything else. And so I'm telling you, most Christians, even the disciples apparently, did not take prayer that seriously, even though we all would say that we do. And the second thing I'm going to say is this, number two, is that Jesus, Jesus takes prayer very seriously. Well, why does he go to pray? He's the son of God. He takes, if, if Jesus found it necessary for him to need to pray, what about the rest of us? My gosh, we really better be praying. And so let's look here. We're already in Luke. Let's look at chapter five and we're going to look at verse 16. But prayer was not just some nicety, not some tradition that Jesus had. No, no. Jesus was a man of Prayer. And I'm telling you in here, if you want to be victorious, there's a lot of ingredients to the Christian life that will make you victorious. Absolutely, the Word of God is way up on the list. You've got to be a person of the Word. And, and then you've got to be a person of faith that's believed in Jesus, absolutely. You've got to be a person that praises and worships God. But really, we all need to be people of prayer and not just when we're in a last-ditch effort and we've tried everything else. We need to be people of prayer. Luke chapter 5, and we're going to look here at verse 16. And I find this quite interesting as well. Luke chapter 5 and verse 16, it says this, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Like what? He's Jesus. why 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 would he need to do that? Jesus didn't just occasionally, Jesus didn't just sometimes, Jesus himself often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. He just had to get away from everybody. Anybody in here sometimes, you just need to get away from everybody for a few minutes? I mean, I do that. I, I will drive myself to the mountains. I'll go to Big Bear to Rightwood. Song. I will drive out to the woods, park the car, and go and pray where nobody can reach me except Jesus. Amen? And and you got to do that. You've got to often. And, and if Jesus needed it, you need it. But Jesus valued prayer. Look at chapter 6 verse 12. We're talking about Jesus took prayer seriously so I know that I need to take prayer seriously. And I realize that being a person of prayer, it is a sacrifice. I get that because a whole lot of the time you simply are not in the mood to just kneel down and pull an all-nighter in prayer. I get that. And I'm not saying that you have to. you got to start where you're at, but It's a sacrifice to be a person of prayer because most of the time you are just simply not going to be in the mood. You're going to have to press through. I remember when I was 18 and I started working at FedEx in Indianapolis. Every day I had about a, I don't know, 35, 40 minute drive to work. And I'm like, Oh man, this is gonna be my moment. I am gonna pray the power down the whole way there. Woo hoo hoo! So I'd get in my truck and I'd drive to Indianapolis and, and, and I'm like, I'm like, here I go, man, we're gonna hit it! And so I'd start praying in the spirit, just praying down the fire and I'm like, okay, man, that had, that had to be a good solid 30 minutes. I'd look at the clock, four minutes had gone by. I'm like, whoa! All right, let's, uh, well, I, I don't know, I don't think I've got anything else. I mean, I, I'll, I'll pray for my football team or something. I don't know. I just, come on. Whoa. And, and and I realized that, hey, it takes some breakthrough. It takes some pushing through. It takes a little sacrifice on your part. I don't want to sacrifice. Well, Jesus sacrificed for you. Perhaps you can lay down your mood and your emotions occasionally for Jesus. I'm just throwing it out there. Do with that what you want to do. All right. Uh, but uh, Luke 6, verse 12. It says, one day soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray. What did he do? He prayed to God all night. Whoa! He pulled an all-nighter. Jesus went up on the mountain to pray, and he prayed all night long. This is incredible. Yeah, well, he's Jesus. That doesn't count. Jesus, when he came to this earth, he came and became a human being just like us. Jesus required sleep. You realize that, right? He required food and water and the other necessities that a human being requires it wasn 't just because yeah he 's Jesus, so he didn't probably need any sleep anyway. No he needed that stuff, but he pushed through and he prayed all night long. And I'm thinking, man, Lord, I could at least break through the five-minute barrier at some point here. Ten minutes. I mean, come on. I could pray a little bit better than I'm doing. I've got another one I'm just going to quote and maybe on the screen. I don't remember if it's on there. But Mark 135, you could write that down. It says, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out on an isolated to an isolated place to pray. Jesus got up early to pray. Jesus would stay up all night to pray. Jesus would go out to the woods to pray sometimes, out to the wilderness. But Jesus took prayer very, very seriously. And if you read the four Gospels, you'll see this over and over again, that this wasn't just something that Jesus did when he felt like it. This was a lifestyle. And I'm telling us today that if we would make prayer our lifestyle. Well, that doesn't sound fun. I don't want to have to pray. No, I'm just talking about throughout your day, you talk to God. When you become a lifestyle of prayer, it changes things in our life. And so why did Jesus pray so much? Again, he's Jesus. Why would he need to pray all the time? Well, he understood something that you need to understand here on earth. You have to keep an open dialogue with heaven. You've got to keep the communication flowing between you and between heaven all the time. And I'm going to say this to you. This is on your your outline there. But if you take the time to be disciplined and pray, even when you're not in a desperate situation, you'll find that you can hear clearly from God on a regular basis. If you'll just make your dialogue with heaven, if you'll take the time to be a person of prayer, even when you're not in a real bind, you'll find that you can hear clearly from God on a regular basis. People come up to me and say, "Man, I don't ever hear from God. I don't I don't ever First of all, I don't know what it is you're expecting. I mean, are you expecting a booming voice to rain down and beat you upside the head? No, no, no. Listen. You hear from heaven when you develop an open window of communication. When you talk to him, you get to know him better. I remember when Pastor Katie and I were dating, I wanted to know everything about her. We talked all the time. And the more you talk to somebody, the better you get to know them. They'll talk to you. You talk to them. It's beautiful. Yeah, but I mean, that's God. I can't... God will talk to you. The Holy Spirit will speak to your heart, but you're going to have to make time for it, and you're going to have to actually open up this relationship in your life. And I've I've told this story so many times, but I'm going to tell it again, but when we were... Pastor Kate and I were dating... This was back in the days of what we would call dial-up internet. Anyone heard of this stuff? I should have downloaded the sound for those youngsters that have never heard the glorious sound of... The sound of your computer connecting to the internet through a phone line. It was... The sound was bad enough, the speed was even worse, because it took, I mean, it was awful, the speeds, but anyway, so I went to school all day, she went to a different school, and so I'm like, I I worked at a restaurant, at a chicken restaurant, I'm like, I, I, I mean, all day long, I would get up, and I would bust my behind to get home so I could call her by the end of the day because she couldn't be on the phone past 10 o'clock at night and her dad enforced it. He would just kick us off the phone just like that. He didn't even care about our romance that was budding. I cannot believe it. I mean, I, it, was a, it was a beautiful thing. I, well, Anyway, so but I would I would do school all day, go straight to basketball. I would walk down to the chicken restaurant and fry chicken and then I would clean it up so I could get home by 945 and have 15 minutes to talk to the love of my life. Okay? And so I'd get there, yes. And I would get home only to find that my sister was using the dial up internet. So I couldn't get on the phone. And here's the thing, we had two phone lines. She was talking on the phone on one line and using AOL Instant Messenger on the other to the same person she was talking to. I don't get girls, I swear. No, I'm I'm sorry ladies, I'm just joking. So anyway, and so I'd be like, hey sister, could I use one of the two phone lines to talk to my one true love for 15 minutes? No, you selfish pig! What's wrong with you? And I'm like, you were in school with this these friends all day long. I've got 15 minutes, or her dad's gonna kick me off. Anyway, we went back and forth, back and forth. But here's the deal: I won, I won, okay? And uh, through ways that I won't mention, but I I beat my sister. I uh, I, I I got one of the phone lines, but I would stop at nothing. No, no, ain't no mountain high enough. There was no valley low enough, no sister selfish enough to keep me from getting to you, babe. And so, I, <laughs> someone write that down. Write that down. Write that down. Let's Write that down. We're going to use that. We're gonna use, that's going to be on the screen next week when you come in. We're going to, that was, all right. So, anyway, I would stop at nothing to get to know her because I loved her and I wanted to know everything I could about her. And in our relationship with God, we're like, I was going to pray today, but then I got hungry, so I did. And, uh, I was going to pray, but then, the, you know, the dog did this, and, and the kids did this. And if you really want to make it important, we'll push through anything to get to talk and know our Father in Heaven, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? And so, let's take it a little more serious. I realize that not all of us are going to sit there and pray 12 hours a day. and and I I get that. But let's, if you want better results, we're going to have to do a little bit better than what we've been doing, right? We can't just expect that magically. No, we've got to start taking it and making it a little bit of a priority. I want you to look at John chapter 17. This is called... The prayer of Jesus, and to me it's one of the most beautiful chapters in Scripture. Because what we have in John 17 is Jesus praying. We literally have his prayer is recorded and, and written down right here. We can see Jesus talking to the Father in heaven. And and I, I love this chapter so much. I, I remember The first time I read it, or at least that I remember reading it, I was in our, our first apartment there in, in Mooresville, Indiana, and I was just reading the Bible one day and, and I come across this and it just hit me like, oh my gosh, this is Jesus. He's getting ready to, he's getting ready to die. He knows it. He's just, you know, days away from being murdered. And he sits down here and kneels and he prays to his father and he's not praying, God take the pain away, God make it bearable, God rescue it. No, he's like, God, I'm getting ready to go. I want you to take care of these guys. And he doesn't only pray for His followers there, I'm going to show you, that he ended up praying for all those that would eventually come. He prayed for you. Jesus was praying for you 2,000 years ago. It's incredible. Uh, So, for the sake of time, I can't read the whole chapter, but I've just cherry-picked a couple of verses here. John chapter 17, verses 11 through 12. This is Jesus praying. He says, now I am departing from the world. They are staying in this world. He's like, I'm leaving. they got to stay down here in this mess. But I'm coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that no one was lost except the one headed for destruction as the Scriptures foretold. And so he's like, well, I've been here I've been able to keep an eye on them. I've been able to personally protect them, but I am going to heaven. And, Lord, I'm asking you to protect them, to look after them, to watch after them. Look at verse 14. He says, I have given them your word. What has Jesus given us? Come on, what what else do you need? Well, I wish you would have left money. I wish you would have left. No, you would have squandered that and screwed that up. No, he left you something better than money. He left you something better than any of that. He's like, I am leaving them and giving them your word. And the world hates them because they do not belong to the world just as I don't belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe From the evil one. This is Jesus praying for you. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. I mean, I just wish that I knew the truth somehow. The truth is right here. It's the word of God. And Jesus prayed that you would read it. Jesus prayed that you would receive it and accept it. Verse, uh, verse 20, verse 20. He says, I'm praying. This is, he's, this is for you right now, 2022. He says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Jesus prayed for you. And if you're like, that's, that's something I'm getting ready to blow your socks right off. So hold on. I don't want anybody to lose their socks, but I'm going to show you something right here that, If I were to just say it, you wouldn't believe it, but I've got Scripture to back it up. But did you know that God the Father loves you just as much as He loves Jesus? No, He loves Jesus more than me. You and Barstow in 2022, God the Father in heaven loves you just as much as He loves His Son, Jesus Christ. I don't believe it. Well, I want you to look at this in verse 23. Jesus says, I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. That's beautiful. That To know that that as incredible and perfect and holy as Jesus the Son is, That God the Father loves me just as much as He loves Jesus. And I'm telling you, that's good news and that's by the grace of God because there's no way I deserve to be loved like Jesus is loved. He's perfect. He's never done anything wrong and I've done a lot of stupid things, but God the Father loves me and he's not holding them against me he says if I would confess my sins he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness he'll wash me up as if I had never even sinned in the first place that's the grace of God right there he's not holding my sins and my mistakes against me he just wants me to fess up to it to him And forsake it, and I am forgiven. And God the Father loves you just as much as He loves His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. And the third thing I'm going to say today is this. Number three, fervent prayer produces incredible results. Incredible results. And again, this is where everybody would say, yeah, I know that. But I'm talking about fervent, legit, and, you know, honest prayer. And so let's look at James 5 and verse 16. Are you still with me today? You're not sleeping, are you? Not thinking about lunch, right? I I see some of your faces. Some of you are, but that's okay. It's okay. I forgive you. James 5. And we're going to look here at verse 16. And this is a wonderful verse that, I mean, we could go a lot of directions with this, but we're just going to talk about the prayer portion here. James 5. In verse 16, it says, Confess your trespasses to one another, your sins to one another, and pray for one another. Why? That you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It avails much. It has wonderful power and produces incredible results, I believe is what the NLT says. And so, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much well well here's the deal who in here is a righteous person and of course i was going to say well I, I don't think i'm going to raise my hand i don't want to be wrong if you've received jesus you're righteous and you're not self-righteous you're righteous in him second corinthians 5 says that we have been made the righteousness of god in christ jesus you're not righteous because you've got it all together. you are been made righteous because of Jesus. And so this applies to you. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman, it avails much. It gets wonderful, powerful results. Now here's the whole point of what I'm trying to get at right here. It says here, the fervent prayer of a righteous man. This is talking about someone who's not half-heartedly just throwing out a wish because i feel like a lot of people treat prayer as if it were a wish that's on your thing there but a lot of people that i mean people i know maybe you know different people than i know but a lot of people not all of them but a lot of people that i know they just treat it like it was a wish wishing is just throwing a request out there and by blind luck maybe something will happen like well, uh let's pray, and then let's do what we're really going to do here. Uh, God, uh, to be thy will, somehow cause a miracle to happen. Amen. Okay, now what's the game plan here? What are we going to do? That's not prayer. What is that? That's just wishing and hoping and like, man, maybe something will happen. I don't know. You never know. But let's just try. It can't hurt. It certainly couldn't hurt to just pray. That is not the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person. Fervent prayer is coming to God in faith and believing that that mountain is gonna move you gotta realize well yeah god is able to do anything that He. i'm not talking about god just being able you gotta know that god is willing to do something in your life but we've got to pray for it and sometimes it takes a minute but i the biggest thing that i've seen at this point in my entire lifetime has just happened in the last two weeks The biggest thing that I, the biggest prayer battle that I've ever seen has finally, we're seeing breakthrough and it's gotta be prayed through to full completion, but we've been, Christians, I haven't been alive this long, but Christians everywhere for 50 years have been praying for an overturning of this wicked thing that we call abortion. I think that it's an okay thing. Well, I'm sorry. There ain't no way as a Christian you could use the Bible to justify killing a little baby. There's no grounds you have. And uh, there's, you know, I don't, you know, do politics and all that, but uh there's some things that I'm, you know, whatever do what you do, I'll die on that hill. You don't kill babies no matter what. That's wrong, that's screwed up, that's messed up. It's wicked and it's evil and all throughout the Old Testament we see, and people bring the Bible to me and say, man, why did God tell the Israelites to destroy the Amalekites? Why did God tell them to annihilate the Canaanites and all these Old Testament groups? And like, dude, they were stinking wicked people, and they wouldn't change their ways. The Canaanites, if you go all the way back to uh, to the Old Testament, you know, these people were so wicked that they they killed babies. They sacrificed them to their gods, and, and if you questioned Them doing it, they would just kill you and riot you and plow you down, and they were so wicked, but nothing was more important to them than their right to kill babies and sacrifice them to their gods. And so, listen, this is big news right now, that there's a lot of things wrong in the world and in our country, but... I know people that have died and gone to heaven, but they were praying for this breakthrough to happen, and it is happening right now. And it needs to be prayed through to completion before, before this is all over with, but make no mistake about it. This is a good thing, and there is just no other way to look at this than that. If you're a Christian, now if you're not a Christian, then praise God, you know, whatever you think, then that's between you and, you know, whatever it is that you believe in. But at the same time, if you're a Christian, there's no way in the world you could ever in a million years justify what's gone on to kill 60 million little people. And so this is good news. And I'm saying, what am I saying with all this? The effectual fervent prayer of righteous people avails much. It produces wonderful results when we are intense and when we are sincere with Our prayers, and I'm telling you something right now today, that sometimes our prayers have a ripple effect that we'll never fully realize. And you're, you're praying for something, but I was just thinking about this, that out of my, out of the samples family, out of our family, uh, the only Christian that my dad knew growing up was my great grandma. No one else in the family, uh, you know, believed. Nobody else went to church or prayed or anything, and she was a woman of prayer and she prayed for my dad she prayed for these grandkids and it seemed like it wasn't working and it seemed like nothing was happening but she prayed and, and she stood and she spoke over him. Just a little old Baptist grandma in Indianapolis, Indiana, way back in the day. But she was effectual and fervent in her prayer. And eventually, it didn't happen right away. It did not happen right away. But guess what? Eventually, he ended up giving his life to Jesus. Amen. And he, he, the prayers worked. It worked. And not only that, he was the first samples to raise kids in church, and we're the first samples to not be alcoholics out of the whole family. Amen? Long, long line of alcoholism. And, and you're like, man, yeah, it just runs in the family. Well, it ran in our family till it ran into this guy right here. Amen? And by the power of Jesus, he broke the vicious chains that had changed the family for so long. But what I'm getting at is this. I'm talking about a ripple effect because he served Jesus. He raised us and we served Jesus. And because of that, we have some sort of influence on you guys apparently and on others. And you guys influence other people. And this old grandma back in Indianapolis in the 1960s, because of her prayers, it's impossible to tell how many hundreds and thousands of people that her prayers affected amen I, i mean that's just incredible to me to think about that he came to jesus so we came to jesus you guys came to jesus and you're leading people to jesus it's an incredible thing to think about but prayer is a powerful powerful thing that we can never ever ever lose sight of and I know everybody says, yeah, I get it, I get it, but I want us to take it seriously. And so, I'm gonna ask us to go ahead and stand up together today. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring us in for a landing here, but as we're standing up, I wanted to share one more story. One more story, amen. Have we had a good time today? Yes. And so I, you know, I, I was listening, uh, listened to a, a preacher, Andrew Womack, out of, uh, Colorado Springs, and, he's a man of prayer he's a man of faith but he's talking about he got a call one night okay that uh one of his sons called him and said hey dad we're over in such and such town is like three hours away he's like hey my brother died that's andrew's son his son died and he got mixed in with the wrong crowd and he did some things he shouldn't do and he just went into you know a cardiac arrest and, and died. And, and, and Andrew's like, Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we'll be there. And so anyway, he gets, gets in his truck and he doesn't freak out. He doesn't flip out. He doesn't say, God, how dare you? No, he just, he started praying, started praying the three hour drive there. And by the and, 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 and he was just praying in the spirit, him and his wife praising They said they raised raise her. They started praising God, even in the midst of this situation. And they're on their way there, like a three hour drive, and they show up at the hospital, and the other son runs out and says, He's alive! He just got up and he's alive! And, and listen, this was an incredible thing because this wasn't just, that they thought he was dead. They had put him already in the morgue and they had a toe tag on him and covered him up and said that he had been confirmed dead like four or five hours ago by the time andrew got there but somehow on the drive there those prayers come on they hit heaven and something happened and he sat up in the freezer and like, hey let me out of here and he was raised from the dead and it's an incredible thing amen and so so i'm just telling us today all right that there is Power in our prayer. But this wasn't just, this wasn't the first time he prayed that month. This wasn't the first time he prayed that year. This was somebody that had an open window of communication to heaven, somebody that has a lifestyle of prayer. If the only time God ever hears from you is when you're just in an impossible, he needs to hear from us on a daily basis. And so as we get ready to close out in worship, none of the things that I said today were to make you feel bad or make you feel you know, like you're not doing a good enough job. I'm just trying to help people here because I want to see Christians start living victorious. I want to see Christians start winning these fights. And if we'll take his word serious and if we'll take prayer serious, we're going to start seeing some things change in your lives and in my life and in our lives if we'll be real with it. Can we get an amen today? All right. Well, let's have our prayer team come on up. Let's have our prayer team come on up. If you're here today and uh, you need prayer for anything. I mean, we just talked about it. So surely you believe in prayer by now. I mean, I don't know what else to do for you if you don't, but if you uh, believe in prayer and you need agreement for anything at all today, we want to agree with you, uh, in your situation for the Lord to intervene. And if you're like, well, I don't need any prayer. That's fine. Hey, just sit there and worship God. Amen. But let's respect those that do. Let's go ahead and lead us in some worship.
5: Wonder working God, the wonder working God. All the miracles I've seen, you're too good to not believe. You're the wonder working God, and you heal because you love all the miracles I've seen, too good to. because love all the miracles I've seen too good to not believe too good to not believe too good to not believe I can't resurrect Glory to the only one who can and Jesus it's you and Jesus it's you And I believe you're the wonder work in God You're the wonder work in God All the miracles I've seen too good to not believe You're the wonder-working God And you heal because you love All the miracles I've seen Too good to not believe Too good to not believe Too good to not believe we've seen cancer disappear we've seen broken bodies healed don't you tell me he can't do it don't you tell me he can't do it we've seen real life resurrection we've seen mental health restored don't you tell me he can't do it Don't you tell me he can't do it We've seen families reunited We've seen prodigals return Don't you tell me he can't do it Don't you tell me he can't do it We've seen troubled souls delivered We've seen addicts finally freed don't you tell me he can't do it don't you tell me he can't do it we'll see cities in revival and salvation flood the streets don't you tell me he can't do it don't you tell me he can't do it we'll see glory fill the nations like the world has never seen Don't you tell me he can't do it Cause I know that he can I believe You're the wonder-working God You're the wonder-working God All the miracles I've seen Too good to not believe you're the wonder-working God And you're healed because you love All the miracles I've seen Too good to not believe You're the wonder-working God The wonder-working God All the miracles I've seen Too good to not believe You're the wonder-working God, and you're healed because you love all the miracles I've seen. Too good to not believe, too good to not believe, too good to not believe. We've seen cancer disappear, we've seen broken bodies healed, don't you tell me he can't do it, don't you tell me he can't do it. We've seen real life resurrection, we've seen mental health restored, don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We've seen families reunited. We've seen prodigals return. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We've seen troubled souls delivered. We've seen addicts finally freed don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We'll see cities in revival and salvation flood the streets. don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We'll see glory fill the nations like the world has never seen. You tell me he can do Because I know that he
0: can. All right, praise the Lord. Amen. Were we blessed today? Am I on? Hello? All right. Tommy, hook me up. Alright, very good. Well, we're gonna close out in prayer. Tom, Chuck, am I on? Hello, hello. All right, there we go. All right, very good. So we're going to go ahead and close out in prayer today, and we believe that everybody has been blessed. Who's received from the word today? Amen. We Thank you for helping us honor our high school graduates. Uh, We're so proud of all that they're doing, and I know that these are going to be people of prayer right here in the name of Jesus. Well, we're going to close things out, and then um, uh, stick around for a minute, because Mrs. Pastor is just going to give you uh, some good Christian information on the upcoming uh primary elections in june all right it's just some good information uh, to help us out because we've always got people asking us okay like hey you know what about this what about this measure and all we can do is give you what the bible says and you know give you what uh some of our you know she does a lot of research christian research has shown her okay and so praise the lord for that all right uh do you have some okay all the kids are next door in Victory Hall. So if you've got, except nursery, if you've got kids in Jam Junior or Jam, we're gonna pick them up next door, amen. Let's pray, do our Barstow Faith Confession, then I'll let Mrs. Pastor uh, talk for a minute here about uh, some good information for us, all right? Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much for what we have seen today in your word. And God, we commit that we are gonna be people of prayer in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man it avails much lord it produces powerful results god and we thank you that that's going to be our lifestyle in jesus mighty name and lord use us this week to share your love to all those around us god we know that we are the light of the world and we're like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden use us this week in jesus name can somebody say amen all right, let's speak some faith over Barstow, and then we'll uh, we'll do this real quick. Amen. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give him some praise today.